0: Log Talk Radio
1: good afternoon everyone at least it's afternoon in the upper pacific northwest area i'm talking to you from outside of seattle washington and i just want to extend to you a very hearty reading and i hope you have enjoyed or are continuing to enjoy a wonderful day Today's episode is entitled "The Power of Prayer," and I'd like to introduce to some of you and refamiliarize others of you with one of my favorite favorite authors. Her name is Corey Ten Boom. And Corey, for those of you who may not know, she was born in the late 1800s in the Netherlands. She actually died in California, and she's known for one of the most read books entitled The Hiding Place. She also wrote uh, a couple of other books. One was Tramp for the Lord, and another was In My Father's Place. This woman endured such. Well, while she was um, growing up, and in her years before the Holocaust, and her and her family's um, designation to concentration camps, she was she enjoyed life, and she was a great contributor. Um, something her dad passed on, a legacy that he passed on to his children for helping others. And they um, they were Dutch, but they were very instrumental in helping Jewish people hide during um, a, a time of just tragic and unfortunate circumstances. Some of the life we've seen throughout history, situations, but that's a discussion or a, a, a response for another time. She's known for a particular quote, and it says, forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. I don't know what that means to you, but to me it means... That against everything in me, my desire, my mindset, my circumstances, I can make I can make myself do what is not humanly possible, but I know. Because I've been in situations like that, that I must have the leadership and the undergirding of the Lord Jesus Christ in order for that to happen, so that I can I can command my will under that circumstance, regardless of how I feel. So now, getting back to Corey, she was the youngest of four children. She had two sisters and a brother, and the story is just phenomenal. I'm not going to have the time today to tell the whole thing, and actually, I won't have time at all to tell the entire situation, but I would encourage you, if you have any interest at all, in learning about a family and a, an individual. The individual being Corey, However, I have to say that her sister, Betsy, who was Corey, they shared now her other sister had been sent elsewhere with the mother and father and brother. They all went uh, to separate uh, and or different concentration camps. But before we start, Before I go any further, I should say, because we've started, I'd like to share the scripture for today. And it comes from the book of Luke, from our Bible, beginning at verse 1 through verse 10. And this is the the new international version. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place when he finished to him. Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So, now to continue, uh, may the Lord add a, a blessing to the reading of his word. And to continue... I am going to read from the devotional. So Corey is, is her, her position in this particular devotion is as follows. Now they have conquered him through the blood of the lamb and through the word to which they bore witness. They did not cherish life even in the face of death. Corey says, yes, the blood of Jesus has great power. There is perhaps not a word in the Bible that is so full of secret truths, the blood of Jesus. It is the secret of his incarnation. When Jesus took our flesh and blood, the secret of his obedience unto death, when he gave his blood at the cross of Calvary, the secret of his love that went beyond all understanding when he bought us with his blood, the secret of his victory over the enemy and the secret of our eternal salvation. So she begs the question, why does the devil hate this world? Because it reminds him of his defeat on Calvary by the death of Jesus who gave his blood for us. But also reminds him of Jesus' life, the resurrected one, to whom we may come with our sins. That is why the devil is afraid of it. The blood of Jesus Christ has great power. Once I visited a big prison in Manila. It was a hotbed of sin. There were 7,000 prisoners. I had an opportunity to speak there during three afternoons and when I entered, I noticed that above the door was written security limit. I asked what that meant and was told when anyone entered this prison, he had to go at his own risk because there were only a few guards. I looked into my heart to see if I was afraid and yes, I must admit, there was much fear. But what could I do? I knew I was in the way of the Lord, so I must obey. When I came to the inner court, a great surprise was waiting for me. There was a band of about 90 musicians, and when they saw me, they started to play. These were the words to the song they played. There is power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. All my fear disappeared. There is no reason to be afraid when a child of God is under the protection of the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus. God gave us a great blessing, 7,000 men, with the help of a loudspeaker. I reached them with the rich gospel, the glad tidings for sinners, And, folks, she asked two questions. How can you grow confidence in the power of Jesus' blood? I'd like you to think about that. And then she asked, what aspects of your life need this power today? And I'd like you to think about that. Along with myself, I've been pondering over this question Ever since I knew that I was going to um, that I was going to uh, discuss this today, and then her prayer is, "Lord, I believe there is power in Your blood. Protect me with it. Amen." And I ask that He would protect you as well. I do see that I have a, a uh, someone who wants to uh, say a few words. So, one moment, please. Hello. Good afternoon. Yes. Hello, Hi. Welcome. How are you
0: today? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. Um, I have a question, and it's been uh, it's between me and my wife and my kid. And I just need some advice, and I just thought maybe you could help me out.
1: I can try. Uh, I don't know how long it might take. If I can't do it now, you certainly can contact me later. But
0: please, sir, go ahead. I'll try. Okay. um, At the beginning of uh, the fall, my wife enrolled my 12-year-old son into ballet lessons. And I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm progressive. I don't mind that so much. That's great. But uh, my mother, or my wife, has a dance background. She was a classically trained ballerina all throughout college. Was in some dance companies, so she loves it. She's so excited to have a son and dance. We only have one child, and she's very excited to have a boy taking ballet. But I notice it seems slowly but surely, she's kind of pushing him to more of a feminine nature of ballet. So much that now all of a sudden he was wearing. Uh, just tights in a T-shirt, and now he's wearing tight the same outfit the girls wear for class. And I also noticed that she arranged his birthday party seemed to be ballet-themed, which uh, just seems a little bit overboard. So I'm just curious, am I overreacting a little bit here, or should I let my wife have this and let her enjoy this? Well, sir, um,
1: I, I'm also a, a, a coach, and I would – just like to say that um, this is probably something that you need to discuss with someone who can sit down with the two of you. However, what I'd like to suggest is that the two of you at least have conversation about this. Have you have you attempted to talk to her about it, so that you can express your? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, originally, like I said, kind of, the... yeah, I was trying to be kind of relaxed about it at first and like, okay, I understand, you know, tights equal, you know, or ballet equals tights and stuff like that. But all of a sudden, when he we started wearing the same clothes the girls were wearing, I asked my wife about that. And she goes, yeah, oh, that's, that's what I'm awesome. saying. Have
1: you tried to
0: express yourself,
1: your concerns to her? I know you said that you had been cool with it, but I didn't know if that meant that you had not, that you had kept your feelings to yourself
0: and not share it with your wife. So slowly but surely, I kind of said, oh, does he have to wear the leotard and the tights? And she goes, oh, well, lots of people wear that for ballet, even men. And I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, she showed me his birthday cake and it has a pink ballet slipper, a point shoe on it. And all of a sudden, it just seems more, I'm not sure if she's, like I said, I just kind it of suggested being, oh, uh, does it have to be a pink ballet slipper? And she's like, oh, well, it's ballet. He loves ballet.
1: Yes, I guess what I'm trying to say, if you could hear me, is that you, you're, you're asking here, does it have to be such and such, but can you sit down with her and express your concerns? I mean, you expressed to me that you're concerned that he is becoming or that she is um, overseeing uh, areas that would project um, more feminism towards him. And if that's something that you don't want, no, I don't think that you're over overreacting i I do think though that it's not fair if you don't say directly to her express directly to her what your concerns are. She may not have even thought about it um and maybe that's where you you need to part to to lovingly calmly if possible uh share your concerns, not just say um not just ask, does he have to have pink or does he have to have the clippers like the girl? You know, I mean, there are many men who are ballet dancers and they don't all wear feminine, the feminine attire, even though they may have the little tarts, it, it, it's not, You know what I'm saying? It's, it's that it, it, it's a, it's um more male oriented. So that's, That would be my advice uh, for this. At least start Okay.
0: That's what I would suggest. I hope that... All right. Um, Yeah, at what point should I say no more? You know, if uh, she wants to have him wear a tutu for the recital, should I say no or...
1: I don't... I I, I would not want to get into telling you what to do. You have to go with what you... Are convicted of you know okay. I'm, I'm I we have gone we have uh, really veered away from the topic today and that's okay because I can sense that this is something that is really um, troubling to you and um, and so I'm pleased to at least give you these few remarks but I would not tell you what to do that has to be your own conviction okay does that make sense all right Yeah, I understand. Yep. Okay. Well, if I can do any more, uh, please let me know. How did you happen to hear about the program?
0: Oh, I just check out the Blog Talk radio system and see what's live currently and just what what sparks my interest.
1: Well, thank you for joining me today,
0: okay? Thank you. Have a great weekend, okay?
1: You too, sir. Bye for now. Bye.
0: Bye-bye. Bye for now.
1: Okay, everyone, that's uh, it for the program for today. We will uh, pick this up a little bit uh, next week and uh, just move into forgiveness. I will uh, do a recap perhaps and then move into an element of forgiveness. Until then. Have a wonderful weekend, a wonderful week, and take care.